I think also growing up in Selma, one of the birthplaces of the civil rights movement and just knowing yeah. that my voice means something, I felt like I had to say something. So I started reaching out to leaders within our company, talking mm -hmm. about shadowing, talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, talking about the importance of opening doors for those that don't always have those doors opened. It eventually allowed me to become VCA's first director of equity and inclusion and diversity for our entire company. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, we are celebrating Black History Month here at the show, and I encourage you to help us amplify Black voices by checking out our Lead With Your Brand Black Voices collection at leadwithyourbrand.com slash Black Voices. There you can hear amazing episodes celebrating the powerful voices and career journeys of Black executives, leaders, and changemakers. And today I have a fabulous guest. It is Dr. Timbrella Marshall from VCA. But before we get to Dr. Marshall, let's talk a little bit about your brand and your career. You know, in the old days, we used to always talk about climbing that career ladder. And that was really true back in the day of our parents and maybe even earlier on in your career. It felt like we were always trying to climb to get ahead. And quite frankly, in order to move up, somebody else needed to climb up to the next rung or perhaps fall off that ladder. But here's the deal. Careers really aren't that linear anymore because life and work is not that linear. In a digital age, we can move all over and go to things on demand. So I like to think of careers as less of a ladder and more of a matrix. Think about it more like that jungle gym that we used to love to play on in elementary school. We might climb up a couple of rungs, but we can climb sideways. We can go diagonally. We can go down and across. Heck, we can even get off that jungle gym, take a break, and jump back on. And that's how your career really is. It's not just about getting ahead. Instead, it's about the journey and a collection of experiences. Now, let's Let's be real. Your career is a series of opportunities, choices, and trade-offs, right? Every choice you make has a trade-off, either in work-life balance, perhaps in title, in different experiences, because not every single job you have is going to be your perfect role. But they are all 
different elements of your journey and an opportunity for you to collect new skills and new experiences that are going to guide you to the future. Now, as you think about your big career breakthrough for 2024, I want you to think of my favorite career advice, and that is you've got to find a hole and fill it. That's right, when you're driving down the road of your career, you've got to look out for those potholes that you can fill that are going to add value. So many great careers have been built on the fact that people were able to solve a problem, oftentimes problems that people didn't even know that they had, but once it was fixed, it surprised and delighted people in such a way that it created an inflection point in people's careers. Now, let's be clear. There are a lot of potholes out in the road. And by the way, you all know I live in Los Angeles. And so we had these horrible rains. So basically driving on any street are tons and tons of potholes. And you're trying to make sure that you don't pop a tire or have to go in for wheel alignment. But as I've been driving down the roads in Los Angeles, it really helped me think about this analogy. Because as I'm driving and trying to avoid those potholes, potholes, I'll look out and see that there's potholes all over the road. But this isn't about filling every pothole. You've got to make sure that you fill those potholes that people are going to roll over, that are going to create friction and problems for people, not filling all of these things that may not add value. So I want you to look out in your department, in your division, at your company, in your industry, what are some potholes that need to be filled right now? Because it all starts with those needs. You might even think to yourself, hmm, what is keeping my CEO and my senior team up at night? If you are thinking they are concerned about doing more with less, are they concerned with regulatory? Are they concerned with how do they engage folks in a hybrid work environment? Has your organization just gone through a merger and acquisition or perhaps a reduction in force? I bet your executives are concerned about that. They're concerned about AI. They are concerned about the volatility of the economy with the election coming up. They have all of these concerns and challenges all on top of those very specific ones around your specific business and industry. So I want you to look out and say, how can I align myself with filling some of those potholes? Now, how are you going to do that? I want you to look at the intersection of those potholes or your organization and industry needs and your towering talents and your big passions. If you can go and identify six to eight towering strengths that are amazing talents that you possess that perhaps other people don't, right? What are those talents that make you stand out from the crowd in your current role? How can you apply those talents to some of those needs? How can you align what you do every single day to say, hey, I'm bringing my unique skill set and I am helping address this challenge. Or I want you to flip over and think about what are those great passions you have that you can infuse and help 
tailor your job with your manager. I'm not talking about creating a custom job. I'm talking about how can you tailor your role to bring in some of those things that you love. If you have a passion for event planning, if you have a passion for helping people, if you have a passion for teaching people, are there needs that align with some of those passions that you can take on some stretch assignments that can really get you noticed. This year is all about creating value because quite frankly, your brand isn't about you. It's about the value that you create for the people in your career audience. And your career audience rewards you when you super serve them and add value that others can't add. Well, I have a fabulous guest on the show today. It is Dr. Timbrella Marshall, VCA Animal Hospital's Medical Operations Lead for the Urgent Care Hospital Group. Now, Dr. Marshall has been with VCA since 2014 and began her career as an associate veterinarian before becoming medical director in a primary care practice just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. Marshall practiced as a companion animal primary care veterinarian for over a decade and served as VCA's first director of equity, inclusion, and diversity. Currently, Dr. Marshall is responsible for overseeing the medical quality of care and standards of urgent care hospitals and is supporting the medical implementation of VCA's new innovative urgent care model. Dr. Marshall attended Tuskegee University for her undergrad and graduated with a bachelor's degree in animal and poultry sciences. Following, she went to Michigan State University College of Veterinary Medicine, where she earned her Doctor of Veterinary Medicine degree. We'll be back in just a few moments with Dr. Timbrella Marshall. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I have a fabulous guest with us today. It is Dr. Timbrella Marshall from VCA Animal Hospitals. Timbrella, what is going on? Oh my goodness, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me, Jason. I am just excited to talk to you this morning and to share some things uh, about my life. Well, I am thrilled to have you on and excited to hear a little bit more about your career journey. So, Timbrala, let's dive right in. When you first meet people, how do you introduce what it is that you do and who you are? You know, it comes up quite often um, when I'm meeting people because a lot of people have pets. And so usually somehow in the conversation, as I'm getting to know people, we begin to talk about family. And then I may hear a little story about their puppy or kitten. And obviously it just comes out that I'm a veterinarian. So usually I'll share that, you know, I have a love for animals. I just happen to be a veterinarian, especially um, if if I meet people that I really like and I want to offer some help to, I can give advice um, and it, it connects people almost immediately. Yeah. I find that 
folks are just really bonded through the love of their pets. So it's wonderful. I love it. I know. It's almost like people love their pets more than they love their children sometimes. (laughs) That's true. I love that. (laughs) No, Dr. Marshall, talk to me. Um, You are with VCA Animal Hospitals, and you're the operations lead for the Urgent Care Hospital Group. So tell me, what does that actually mean? I know that it is a lot of really fancy words just to say <laughs> some some things that are very important to me. So I'm happy to be able to talk about it. So um, as a veterinarian, there are so many different pathways that you can take in your career. I think that's the most beautiful thing about this career. I chose to go down a pathway that would allow me to treat animals and to help mm. in in enrich their lives and to give them the longest life possible when I can. This led me to uh, begin to work in a company called VCA. VCA Mm. was founded in Los Angeles um, well over 35 years ago, and it it now has over 1,200 hospitals across the country. Um, So it's a beautiful thing to be able to be in so many places because that means we're just caring for so many pets. Now, with that... VCA has different areas of specialty. So we have general practice veterinarians, which are going to be your neighborhood vets. And that's the most often uh, veterinarians that you're going to see. But we also have specialists and we have emergency veterinarians. There's a new pathway for veterinary medicine. It's not as new in human medicine, but it is for us. And it's urgent care. Urgent care is so important, Jason. Like what we're finding is that as the interest and love in animals has increased over these decades. The need for their care has also increased. And Mm. it's overwhelming to many of our general practitioners who are unable to see their pets. I mean, you'll hear people all the time say it takes them two or three weeks to get an appointment with their vet. Um, And that's just the reality. That's what we're seeing right now. So with urgent care, we're able to offer same day service. So if you have something come up and your vet can't get you in, we're open. You can come in and see us and we'll help to get those pets the care that they need until they can get back to their primary doctor. Yeah. Well, so it's almost like creating the same model that most of us use, right? Like most of us, if we have an urgent thing, we don't get to see our general practitioner, right? We're like heading to urgent care. So that is super cool. That's exactly it. We took a little piece off of what we're seeing with human medicine because we know that pets need the same type of care. So as the medical operations leader, I help to train and develop teams so that we can be prepared to see these pets. We're currently opening hospitals across the nation. So we've already opened 14 and we're opening 17 more this year. So it's exciting. That is super exciting. It's so cool to be in growth mode. And a big shout out to all of my friends at the VCA on Robertson in West Hollywood. That's where I used to take my dear uh, cat Nala for years. And the team was super great. Now, um, Dr. Marshall, talk to me a little bit about your career. So when you think back over, you know, your years in the practice and in the industry. What have been some of the big career breakthrough moments that helped you get to where you are now, which is really, you know, opening up a new specialty and new uh, urgent care facilities across the nation? 
I mean, honestly, to tell my story, Jason, I have to start from the beginning. And it starts when I was eight years old. I was eight years old and my uncle, um, whom I love so dearly and who cared so much about us. And he's he's now gone on to rest in peace. But he made a video of me and he said, Timberla, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was the cutest Ah. little thing. (laughs) You know, you know, it's just like the cutest little thing. I'm so glad it was recorded, though, Jason, because like. I saw myself when I watched that later saying, I'm going to be a veterinarian. And I heard him say, well, you don't even know what that is, little girl. And I told him, I'm going to take care of animals. I'm going to be an animal doctor. Oh, I knew. I knew what it was. And I was ready. So it started at that early age. And I'll have to be honest, the thing that really helped me continue in this pathway were my parents. I Mm. have had the greatest support system through them. How often do you hear little children say they want to be something when they grow up? It's just, I mean, that's just a normal thing. And and veterinarians are something that you hear about and people love them. But I I had never met one, actually. And another thing, I had never met one that looked like me. I had never Mm -hmm. seen an African-American veterinarian in my entire life. Um, We had Mm -hmm. pets, but that was not something that uh, there were no veterinarians that looked like me in my hometown. And so... It was important for my parents to try to help me see that I could be this because they knew the road would be difficult um, because they understood that becoming a doctor is not an easy task. So they did something that I think is what has impacted me in my life. They took me to a local veterinarian when I was about 10 or 11 years old and -hmm. they introduced me to someone. And that woman, her name is Frances Kendrick. And I also, I talk about her all the time. I share her on all my social media. She still owns a veterinary hospital in my hometown of Selma, Alabama. She is the first person that opened her doors and said, you can come in and you can shadow here. Wow. And, And as I grew up, I I went from shadowing to volunteering. And then when I was of age appropriate, I got, she gave me a little summer job. She took me under her wing. She was amazing, amazing. And she's just still an amazing human being. She told me it was going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. I was the first generation college. So she told my parents what it would cost, how the expense would look. She talked to them about scholarships, student loans. She was our coach and she guided me through. Yeah. Um, She helped me through so many years, Jason, honestly, through college, through veterinary school, and she's continued to be just such an important part of my life now. When I go home, I go visit her with my daughters, and it just feels really good to know that I had that support from the very beginning because so many people don't, so I don't take that for granted. And it's become a part of my passion. When Mm. I went into practice, the most important thing for me was to give back to others. And so I began opening my doors as a doctor now in the community to young students who wanted to shadow. I started doing some shadowing programs locally. And I said, this is too good to keep locally in my hospital. This is something that I think we should be doing nationally. Mm. And my father is a pastor. He's a Southern pastor. Jason. <laughs> so he speaks and he preaches from the mountaintops. And I think that I took a lot from him. And I said, I don't, I don't want to be silent. I want to voice something that I believe is important. I think also growing up in Selma, one of the birthplaces of the civil rights movement and just knowing yeah. that my voice means something, I felt like I had to say something. So I started reaching out to leaders within our company, talking Mm -hmm. about shadowing, talking about diversity, equity and inclusion, talking about the importance of opening doors for those that don't always have those doors opened. 
It eventually allowed me to become VCA's first director of equity and inclusion and diversity for our entire company. And then it also allowed me to open that door for another veterinarian of of black of African descent to take that role so that I can start opening hospitals um, with my company. So I, I, I give it all back to the very beginning to that eight year old little girl who shared what she wanted to be and who had her whole family and her community behind her. Um, And now I'm just trying to do that for so many others. I know what it's such an amazing story and it's so rare that you actually meet someone that uh that does exactly what they said they wanted to do when I they know. were a kid. Now, Dr. Marshall, tell me, you know, back when you were, you know, 8 8 years old in in Selma, what made you want to become a veterinarian? What what made you say that on that video with your yeah. uncle? Yeah, it, that's a great question. I mean, I I I'm gonna give my mom some credit for this, as well as yeah. my fourth my fourth grade teacher, Miss Hewitt. I'm gonna give all the credit <laughs> to those two. So my mom loved animals, and she mm. always had cats. Um, so just yeah. my whole life, I was around animals, and of course, I love them too because a little girl loves what her mama loves. So I always had a passion. If I saw an animal that was injured, or if I saw an uh, animal that was astray, I wanted to bring them all home. My parents Aww. had to deal with that a lot. I was that kid. <laughs> was They're that like, kid. don't go outside. You're going to find an animal. <laughs> like, they knew they were going to find something in my room. I had, I just collected things. So when I when I got to fourth grade, though, I had an elementary teacher, uh, Miss Hewitt, who she knows this. I've shared this with her um, as I became a vet, too, that she read us a book. And the mm. book was about, uh, he was actually a zoologist, but to me, it all was the same at that age, but yeah. he took care of animals. And so I said, that's what I want to do. I want to take care of animals. And that was the beginning. And it's just, it just, I have to say it was probably something I was born with. It was mm. probably something that I just, uh, was, it was my purpose and I didn't choose it. I feel like it chose me and I'm just thankful that I've been able to do it because it is the most beautiful thing that I have been able to say that I truly enjoy my career and I'm truly happy every day when I go to work. And I know that's, that's a blessing. And so when you think about Dr. Kendrick, it sounds like they gave you a lot of advice, a lot of advice to your parents to help get you through school and that experience. What is the best piece of advice that they gave you that you now pass on to other people or other folks in veterinary uh, medicine to help them grow? Oh, my goodness. I think the best thing that she told me was that it will not be easy Mm. but it will be worth it because every Mm -hmm. time I would get discouraged, I think the, it's hard when you're going into a doctorate program and the course load is really heavy for those students. And in veterinary medicine, we have to learn every species we're, we're tested on every species, um, whether or not you're going to practice on that as, as a a doctor, we have to learn that in order to pass. And so she told me it it would be very hard, but, but she did tell me, Timberla, it's going to be worth it because this is something you were meant to do. And Mm. whenever I meet students who I know are going through a lot and I know that they're struggling sometimes in classes or exams, I said, right now it, it seems like it's impossible, but trust me, if you can just survive and push through this, it's going to be worth it in the end because you're going to have so much to share and give back to the world. Um, so wow. that that's the advice that I always give as encouragement because it's, it's going it's always hard and I don't want to sugarcoat that. Uh, mm. But anything worth having is really worth fighting for. I believe that. Yeah. And what was the hardest part of the journey for you? 
I, I did something that's probably unconventional, Jason. I, mm. um, part of me, part of my personality is I, I like to challenge myself and yeah. I like to put myself in situations that I feel are going to make me grow. So I mm. made a conscious decision when I finished, I went to undergraduate in Alabama in Tuskegee university. Mm, I'm very yes. proud that I went to Tuskegee university. Um, but I told my parents, I said, it's time for me to leave Alabama. And my mom said, no, you don't have to leave. <laughs> I said, I have to because there's more out there for me to see. And I said, honestly, mom, this is the perfect time for me to do it while I'm in school um, because it's going to help me grow. And I left everything. I left my, my family, my home. I went to Michigan State uh, College of Veterinary Medicine. And I left from Tuskegee, which is a historically black college, for those who yeah. may not know, um, to Michigan State University, where I was the only African-American in my class. Talk about challenge. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was it was a it was a culture shock. It was emotional. It was lonely, um, already in a very difficult program. And now not always feeling or trying to find my place and trying to get to know my classmates and trying to understand where I kind of fit in there while I'm also a young, young woman, you know, just coming into my young adulthood. It was a lot of things happening and I didn't, I was not close to my, my mom or my dad. Thankfully I have family in the Midwest, so I had some support, but it was the hardest thing I've done and I'm glad wow. that I did it. I truly yeah. am. Yeah. How did, how did it change you and make you a better leader and a better doctor. Oh my goodness. It, so I thought I knew every, I thought, I thought being a veterinarian was, was it. I thought that was like the, the, yeah. that was, that was my thing. That's what I was going to do. And then I got to vet school. I looked at my mom who was there with me that day. I looked around, and I said, mama, it's just me. And she said, it's okay. It's not just you, you know, we're here with you. Um, and I, I decided within like the first year of being a, a vet student that we needed something there to introduce others to other cultures because it's so mm. important that we all like, you know, see each other and we're all yeah. heard. And so um, I started a chapter of a student organization. It was called Voice. Uh, yeah. And it was it was started by students at Cornell University at their vet, veterinary school. Um and it was about veterinarians, one, and, and culture and, and ethnicity. And it was supposed to bring us all together and help us to learn more about each other and celebrate what makes us so unique and special. So mm. I started a chapter at Michigan State. They still have it. I'm so excited. I, I've gone and spoken <laughs> to them. It makes me so proud. Um, but they still have that chapter and voices now in almost every vet school in the country. Wow. Um, but I, I did that my, my sophomore year. I started reaching out to... Uh, veterinary pharmaceutical companies asking for sponsorship. I, I started hosting cultural events every month. I would bring in different cultural groups and have food and teach my classmates and the whole school. Everyone was invited about these things. And it was something that I realized it was deeper than just being a vet. I said, there was something more to this. And I didn't like it, it just was. And I, I carried that with me. I said, this wasn't just about taking care of animals. This was about taking care of people, the people mm. connected to those animals, too. Wow. And so, yeah, that that for me, that brought that out in me. And that is, I think, honestly, the reason that I even became the director of EIND, Equity, Inclusion, and Diversity, the reason that that is a part of my purpose um, and my passion today. 
Yeah. And so talk to me about that role because it's, it's so, uh, interesting and unique. And it's one thing to like, you know, want to champion equity, inclusion, uh, diversity and belonging at your organization. But you literally took on a role that was not being a veterinarian for, you know, a couple of years to actually start that internal part of the practice. So tell me about that. And, and what was that like after you? you know, put all this blood, sweat and tears into going to medical school and you're working in hospitals and you're working with, with, uh, patients and their, or clients and and their pets to then kind of almost take what's maybe like an office job. Mm -hmm. It was a hard decision. And I'll tell you, I was not ready to leave the hospital. So this is Mm. something I really struggled with. I I said, I actually really enjoy working as the medical director in my hospital. I love my, my clients. I love surgery. I loved all of those things. And I wasn't looking to leave the hospital. Yeah. I, I was, I had a conversation with someone. His, his name is, is Todd Lavender. He's actually the president of VCA. And mm. he told me there were some things that were happening uh, within our company and within Mars. Uh, for those that don't know, Mars uh, actually owns VCA as well as several other large veterinary companies. Um, and they are very invested in, in animal health. So yeah. there were a lot of diversity initiatives that were happening across the globe and VCA was going to be a part of it. And so Dr. Lavender was sharing this with several of us, um, several of us who he thought would have a voice that should be a part of this and representatives for VCA. And he, he allowed me to join like this little coalition, um, as one of the members for VCA in that group. And I just, I just, I just took off with it. And that ended up, (laughs) (laughs) he was, he basically was like, look, we got to create a whole role for this. Like it was very clear to him that we needed to have someone dedicated to this. And, and he began searching for someone. I said, you know, put me in coach. You know, I, I wanted that. I wanted that. And I was thankful to have so much support from my company. Uh, someone that was a, a a relatively young leader in the company who had not been out of the hospital so I'd not been in like a national or global role and I I feel like you know a lot of risks were taken and I I stepped up to the challenge I knew it would mean that I would step away from medicine but I believe that medicine is about more than just being in a hospital it's about more than just inside of a building and if I'm not able to make an impact outside of those four walls, then I don't believe I'm serving my purpose. So that's what pulled me out of that comfort zone into a very uncomfortable space in like an office, like you said, Jason, with a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, of people that make very big decisions for our company. And it made me realize I was meant for this because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fearless, but I am, I am not fearful. So mm. I, I feel that I, I take risk. I speak up for what's right. And I I also speak up for those who cannot. And I believe that that was the reason I needed to do this. Um, I don't think it was meant for me to do it forever, which is why I I think I need to medicine is just somewhere I needed to be. But I feel that I I was I was the right person to start it in that moment uh, because it was going to take a lot of of work. And and I think it needed a, a strong voice that wasn't afraid to stand up for what was right, even when it's uncomfortable. So I'm glad that I did it. 
Yeah, and I love that you, you 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 talked about like kind of not wanting to leave the hospital, but knowing that ultimately you wanted to kind of really come back into yeah. the medical side of um, the practice. How how did sort of taking that I'm going to call it sort of a non traditional career path for someone that's yeah. in veterinary medicine? How did that um, help you get to where you are now? Oh, I, I think I think it showed. Uh, so many others outside of just, you know, my direct supervisors, but I think it showed them that we have someone who's, who's not going to stick inside of this box. Someone who, who is willing to, you know, take a chance, even if it means that it, it takes my career into a different pathway in yeah. order to, to stand up for something that's important for our entire profession. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it was very, I think it was very positive. Honestly, I have, I have, I've experienced nothing but positivity and support since I did that. And, and I didn't know what direction that was going to go. I mean, we, we do love diversity, equity, and inclusion, Jason, but it's not always, it's not always welcomed. And those conversations Mm -hmm. are very difficult, um, especially in corporations where it's new. So I was like, you know, am I going to get in here and start, preaching and, and, <laughs> and make somebody upset at me and then, you know, change my entire, I, I didn't know. And honestly, I didn't care. I didn't think I was there to appease people. I think I was there to stand up for so many others who are still in those hospitals or who are trying to get into vet school, who are trying to, to have a door open for them. And, and, and it was worth it for me to do that. And thankfully it has been a positive thing for me um, and allowed me to continue to elevate in my career. Absolutely. And obviously, Mars and VCA are such great uh, organizations and doing great work. And of course, thankfully, you did diversity work because that's how we met, right? Yes, yes. I'm so thankful. That is exactly how we met. I am I am very fortunate to be a part of this company. I really do appreciate the things that Mars does globally, and I appreciate how it has impacted VCA. And it allowed me to be able to cross paths with someone as amazing as you and your team. Oh, please. <laughs> it, it, it was transformative. And you, you were there with us from the beginning, Jason, and helped us create a framework for what we're doing today. And I'm so proud to sit back and look at that now and just say, wow, wow. We started from, from nothing. There was nothing in place. And now we have an entire department dedicated to this. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Now, Dr. Marshall, let's talk a little bit about your brand. Give me three words that describe your brand as a veterinarian, as a leader. Oh, three words. Okay. I'm going to tell you the first word because this is everything to me. So yeah. family. family. Mm. And why do you say that? How does that, how does that show up both out of work, but within work. Absolutely. I, I have, so I grew up in work. My career is something that was first for me. I had that before I had my own family. My Mm. clients literally watched me get married. They saw me get engaged. They saw me when I was pregnant. They saw me have baby, like they have been, they became my family. And Mm. so when I say family, I don't mean it in just my blood. I Mm. mean it in all of those connections I have made along the way. I hold those very dear to my heart and I treat 
each of my team members that are coming in and working with me, each of those new doctors that we're hiring, each of those new hospital teams, I treat them that way. And it's not just like, you know, we're, it's not saying I'm inviting them to dinner and we're like, you know, it's more like having that care, that empathy, that concern and really feeling a responsibility for their success. And that is something that I really am, am very, very intentional about. Like if Mm -hmm. you want this, then I want you to have it. And I'm going to treat you that way, just like I am with my daughters. So the other thing though, is my, my family is my, my, my grounding type of of place. So they keep me, they humble me and they remind me of what's really important in life. And so with them, it helps me see things clearer. So I, I'm everything because of them. So they are, they are, I've told you the story when I was eight, it started with them. And so it's literally the number one, the epicenter of my world. So family would be my first world. Um, it's a big part of my brand for sure. What, what are your other two words? I've said this word a lot and it's probably, you know, we use it a lot, but truly I say purpose because Mm. I don't, I, I, I always feel that I say, you know, I, I was so young. I don't know what brought me to this, but I feel like it was something I was just born to do. Um, I have never been, I've never taken the traditional pathway. I've always gone in a different direction than what would be considered normal, um, so I am, if you take, if you do a test on me, I'm, I'm one of those crazy risk takers, but I feel that not everyone can do that. And those are the people that are able to help so many others along the way. And so I believe every day when I wake up that I have a purpose to fulfill and it is what pushes me to get out of bed It's what pushes me to push through when I'm tired. And it's also what makes me stop when I mm. feel that my body needs to reset because I can't fulfill my person purpose if I don't take care of myself. So yeah. I, I, that's kind of like my motto. So I live with that. So my family, my purpose, I think the very, the very last thing I will say is humility. Um, mm. My father's a pastor. I shared that early on. Yeah. My dad, I, I grew up watching him in the pulpit. I grew up watching him give to those that didn't have. I grew up watching us not have sometimes because he sacrificed for our church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I did not have resentment. I had so much respect for this man who I feel like, you know, uh, was an example in our community and still is. He's a Vietnam veteran. Mm-hmm. He is... He is my hero every day and I'm extremely close with him and my mother. But, um, I think that that he is the most humble person I've ever met. I, he's the most soft-spoken person when he's talking to you. Like he treats me the same way that he treats anyone that he meets. He is Mm. just an amazing human being. And I believe if you continue, regardless of where you go in your career and your life, remember that at any moment we could lose everything. Um, Mm. and, and we did. When I was younger, we had a house fire and lost everything. And there was a point where we lived in my church. Um, As children, we we were homeless and I didn't even know it. We had a church, um, so we had a roof over our heads. And my parents, I cannot imagine how difficult that was for them to have lost everything because um, we come from very humble beginnings. We didn't have a lot of money to even get a hotel room. And I, wow. it wasn't, a, you know, it was no secret. Our, our, our family and friends, they knew. So that's not something I'm embarrassed about, but it reminded me that at any moment, everything that we hold so dear to us could be gone yeah. and we, we could start, have to start over. So 
I never look at someone else and look down on them or look at someone else and glorify them. Like we're all human beings and we're all just trying to make it in this crazy life. So family purpose, humility. I love that. And now you, you talked a lot about purpose. How would you, if you had to describe your purpose in a sentence, what would it be? If I had to describe my purpose in a sentence, I think I would say, and this is just coming off the top of my head, just in this moment, I would, and I'm going to talk to myself a little bit in the third person. I, I, I say that in advance so that it doesn't sound crazy to those listening, yeah. but Temperla, you were meant for something greater than just yourself. You were meant to do something that would impact others. And that's why you should continue to strive to do this each and every day. I think wow. that I have that b- belief deeply inside of me and everything I do, I do for everyone else. Um, I, I, I do have self-care. That is important. I'm a mom of three. So yeah. I also, I sacrifice a lot, but I do know I have to take care of me and teach my children. It's important to take care of them. But there's more, there's more to this than just myself. There's so many others. Um, and not everyone has that support that I always had. So I believe that that's, that's my, that would be my sentence that Timberla, there's more, there's more than just you. And in each day when I get up, that's what I'm striving to do is to give back to someone else. Maybe I don't even know you, but I'm hoping that in some way I can impact and give you the belief that you can do this too. Yeah. And I love this kind of core belief that when we look back, it really has been sort of guiding in so many choices, both at work and outside of work for you as well. Yes, absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's work and balancing my life is not something that I've ever, um, I've ever done easily. I have struggled with that from the moment that, you know, I, I, I started out in school and I wanted to push through really quickly. And I graduated when I was 17 from high school. And I said, I know Jason, it's just craziness. I I said, I'm, and I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take all these advanced classes. Like I just, I just wanted to do that. My parents did not push me to do that. That was all me. So I took college courses when I was in high school. Um, and then uh, I would allow me to graduate. I was 17. I, I went to Tuskegee. I finished that and then went right to vet school and graduated from vet school when I was 25. And I said, I am, I want to be a leader. What, what do I need to do? And I, I think that it was just something that was a driving force because I would see so many others that I feel like needed the help. And honestly, Jason, you, as much as we want it, we can influence decisions, but there's only so many that have the power to make those changes. And Mm. I, I felt like I needed to be in the room so that I could have a voice for those as well. And it's always been about, I always, I always say that it's about so many others more than just me, but that is the same thing that I carry into my life. And so I, I believe it's important to show that to my children. I believe it's important to show that to those young professionals that are watching me. Um, and, and that's what drives me every day. Yeah. And now talk to me, Dr. Marshall, because, you know, we're not always everyone's cup of tea. So how, how do you handle it when you interact or work with someone that, you know, maybe family, purpose, humility, mm-hmm. those things aren't something that they value or yep. maybe it doesn't mesh with them? Yep. Yep. Um, and, and we have those encounters like that. That is just that's just 
human nature. Like we are not always going to agree and align. It would be crazy if we did. And I'll say this to you. Like I, I, you, we don't have to agree. What I always ask for is just respect. Like, Mm. let's just, I just, I just, I am always going to be respectful regardless of, of, your beliefs. I don't have to agree with it. It doesn't mean I'm going to attack you. It doesn't mean that I'm going to like get into a debate and now belittle you. I I don't believe that's beneficial or helpful at all. I mean, imagine my life. I grew up in a very religious household. Can you, I trust me, we, I (laughs) I watched my dad go through a lot of things. A lot of people didn't agree with what this pastor was saying in these, in these, in this church. So I saw that firsthand And I also saw from growing up in a city where one of the things we're most known for is called Bloody Sunday, where people were literally beaten on a bridge, a bridge that I had to cross regularly my entire life. And even when I go home, I have to cross it every every time I go visit my parents. And it still has the same name as the man who was a part of that. And it's like those are things that are not beneficial to us as a human race. So. We're going to encounter individuals that disagree with us and they're, they're going to have their own guiding light. I, I want everyone to, in, in general, I want everyone to find their sense of joy and what brings them happiness. And I believe that if we can all just agree to, to love differently, it doesn't have to be the same, but it's still love. I think we could, we could at least find that common ground. Um, mm-hmm. I had clients who, when I walked into an exam room, Jason, um, I, so, I practice in Georgia. I'm from Alabama. It is, I am a black woman. I have experienced things that are just not nice and not okay since I was young. Mm. And I remember one of my worst experiences was being so proud to be a doctor and being new in this role and walking into an exam room and having a client not want to see me because I was black. I, I have experienced that. I had a client who called out one of my colleagues because um, she is my colleague was Puerto Rican, had a heavy accent, and they were extremely disrespectful. And it mm-hmm. was just pure racism and hate. I've seen all of that. I, I, I do not condone that. And I do not agree with that. And I am not OK with that. And I am also able, though, to stand up and voice myself in in a situation that I feel is safe and say that it's not okay that you feel this way. I can't change your feelings. I can't change your beliefs. What I am, though, as a doctor, your pet is in dire need of my care. Mm. And if you and if you, Jason, I treated that pet and I it's crazy. But that client became one of my best clients and I think their life wow. changed and that didn't happen with every client. We had to fire some clients that were extremely because in yeah. the South, it's just, you know, but I remember that moment though, because that client changed and, um, it made me grow a lot because I, 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 I wear tough skin, but we're all human and it hurt really did. And, um, but it's something that I'm proud to say, I didn't let that tear me down. So mm. yeah, you're going to encounter people that, that don't agree with you that are on the same page and, and it's okay to, to love differently. Just, just don't hate me because of who I am. That's all I say. So, wow. 
Wow. Well, Dr. Marshall, we could talk all day long. I have, <laughs> I, I have, I have a couple of, uh, quick fire questions to close us out. So, uh, we've been talking all about your brand as, uh, as a doctor and a leader, but what, what brand are you obsessed with? What brand do you love as a consumer? I am obsessed with the brand, the clothing brand Zara. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Jason, it's terrible. I named my daughter Zara. Ah, oh my gosh. Wait, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. After the and clothing store? Everyone asked me where I get that name from. And I'm so, I'm like, I can't even, like, it's my favorite clothing store. And when I was in Los Angeles, when I lived there, I shopped there all the time and I loved the name. So I said, I want to name her Zara. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Now that is what we call brand loyalty. Oh my gosh. I had no clue. I thought you were going to say like, we were traveling in Italy and I named my daughter after this place. It was Um, because of a store in Topanga Mall. Oh my gosh. That is fabulous. Now, Dr. Marshall, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? My favorite car. I am a Jeep girl. I'm a Jeep ah. Grand Cherokee Laredo. Ooh. I mean, specifically, yes. it is. That was my. I had that car when I was in vet school. It's. It got me through the cold, crazy winters in Michigan. It yeah. is my favorite SUV. The only reason I don't have it right now is I was waiting for them to come out with one with a third row because I have three kids ah. and three car seats. <laughs> And I can't fit in one, but uh, oh I'm a Jeep. Gosh. I'm a Jeep, and, Jason. And why I go are you like road. that? Why are you like that, Laredo? Oh my goodness! Like the Jeep was built to go off the the, the path. Like it was yeah. built to go into these crazy terrains and survive it. If that doesn't mm. represent Temporal and Marshall, I don't know what does. I have ah. been loyal to Jeep since day one. Like I, I'm a Jeep girl. For sure. I'm a Jeep fan too. <laughs> I've only owned Jeeps for the past 25 years. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh my gosh, Jason. I'm, but I'm a Wrangler kind of kid. Okay. So. You're, I like Wranglers. I like yeah. Wranglers too. I love it. No, That's great. Um, finally, Dr. Marshall, what's the best career advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners? So I would say that um, no, no dream is impossible. So like career wise, mm. I think that oftentimes we limit ourselves to what we think is possible or what we see. I said earlier that I never saw a veterinarian that looked like me. For many people, that is the case of what may be discouraging or people say you can't do it. It's too hard. Mm. Um, so I don't believe in that. I don't I do not like um, I don't abide by any types of rules that say that that you can't do anything. But the other advice that I would give, like, honestly, So a true having a true career requires you to sometimes to take to take some risk, uh, or I shouldn't say a true career, but a career that I feel um, might might give you some internal happiness and success. Mm. Um, And I feel like if you are comfortable, then sometimes um, you're not challenging yourself and Uh. you should. And I think that that's scary because no one wants to fail. And you hear it from so many people that failure is actually what will help define you. 
That is the best advice though. Like I have failed so many times. The first time I went to be a medical director, I didn't receive the role. Um, uh. and I said, okay, what can I do to do better? So I'll do better. And I'll, 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 so I started to train, teach myself, grow, take classes until I was able to get that role. You know, like nothing comes easy. So I would say that my overall, to put this all into like a statement that makes sense is that do not limit yourself. Do not fear failure and do not believe that you can't do it just because you don't see mm. someone that looks like you be the person that you want others to see. Wow. And I hope that that's what I'm doing for so many others that that may look like me. Well, I don't think you need to hope you are. Dr. Timberla <laughs> Marshall, it's been so great connecting with you and having you on the show. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. I really had a great time and I look forward to hearing more of these as you continue to do them. Thanks for doing this. It's amazing. Of course. And if people uh, want to learn more about careers at VCA or they have a pet uh, that needs great yes. pet care, where should they go? So we are very easy to find because we're in most states across the country. But if you can log onto the internet, just go to vca.com. That's V as in Victor, C as in cat, A as in apple, vca.com. And you'll find everything about our hospitals and about our company. That's awesome. Such a great practice. Dr. Marshall, thank you again. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, everyone. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. What an amazing conversation with Dr. Timberla Marshall from VCA Animal Hospitals. You know, Timberla had so many amazing things and such an interesting career journey and story. But what really stood out to me from our conversation with Dr. Marshall was the whole notion of making sure that you are creating a career journey that's not only meaningful to you, but adding value to others. I love how she took her passion and all of her experiences and really pushed to become the very first head of diversity, equity, and inclusion for VCA animal hospitals, right? She identified a need in her practice and in her business, and she took a combination of her passions as well as her talents to really create value for the business. And you know what? Not only only did it help the business, it helped her grow her career and have a much larger scope and exposure that's enabled her to do the amazing work that she's doing today. So I challenge you to think, again, what are those potholes that need to be filled in your organization and how can you bring your talents and your passions to intersect with those needs? 
Well, that's our show for you today. If you loved what you heard, make sure that you are following us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll deliver brand new shows every single month. Make sure to check out our celebration of Black History Month with our Black Voices Collection, which is available at leadwithyourbrand.com slash blackvoices. Check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. And give me a connect on LinkedIn because I love to continue the conversation. Most of all, and most importantly of all, in your career, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.